been a week, Jeff. It has been. It has been. How are you doing overall? Uh, I'm doing great. I, you know, apparently I, I just, I sort of feel like the Dodgers right now, right? It's like, oh, the billion dollar spending spree. Let's just go spend Sprint Rice Christmas. Woo! Dodgers fans. Yeah. It's like, I'm going, okay. All right. Well, That's like I, a billion dollars in payroll. I'm like, wow. I warn, I'm sick. I warn you I'm now. sick to my stomach. I'm sick to my stomach, Jeff. I warn you now about the Yankees model. When's the last time the Yankees were in the playoffs and they've got a billion dollar payroll? It's been five or six years. Well, sports in general, apologies, everyone. We'll get to the movies. They they do connect. <laughs> but sports in general is it's really terrifying to watch because you're seeing a quality at the professional quote unquote level. The quality has vastly reduced, right? Right. There's a lot of parody, right? But a lot of mediocre or poor performance right mm -hmm. i will say this except for the women sports mm -hmm. which have only increased in competitiveness and popularity and you know um you know women's basketball seems to be doing great yeah only uh only growing right yeah but uh but yeah there's the quality the quality is dropping but yet we're spending more and more and more because it's just more and more of a product than it is uh anything very good. Is it Shaquille O'Neal said one time? I would now like to be called the big Aristotle. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah. Because, and he said some Aristotle quote, you know, like, excellence is something you do repeatedly every day. And I'm like, boy, Phil Jackson has been in your ear. Like, I'm telling that is you. What's man, oh man. But uh, I just know now that you have like three new jerseys you have to upgrade to. No don't do that anymore i've told you this the jerseys are much more of a sacred thing they're much more of a sign of like i'm gonna support the family uh but i don't wear the jerseys really out dude like i don't like when i go to games i don't i'm not that dude uh -huh. who shows up and like a like i'm a member of the team like you know put me in coach i got no problems with people who want to do it as fine but like i personally don't go to games that way i'll dress that way in my house sure sure so those those people you see on the betting i don't bet but like is those right. person people you see on the commercials you know like those those dudes who are like on the couch and they're like jerseys with the like wings or the popcorn or whatever you know that's right. yeah that's that's probably me Okay, well, it's a little, little Dana's expensive. right. Dana's right next to me, like in the, you know, in the, in the ladies' oh, apparel, oh, and yeah. yeah, right, yeah. But we don't, <laughs> we don't really do jerseys very much, no. So it's a sacred thing. So the Fletch thing, you know, I used to wear jerseys all the time, right? It was right. more and the hats, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, the hats were just, you know, it was like you just couldn't find me without a hat, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't, it's just, it's not, uh, it's just not something, it's just not part of, of my external personality anymore, but yeah, at home. You yeah. Know. I see you. I see you in your LSU. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just hanging out, you know? Hey, we, uh, Jaden Daniels won a Heisman, Jeff. Let's give him some props. Right. I was Absolutely. down on him. It was the right choice. There's a lot of people that were down on him very early. And yeah. I think it was because he was our first transfer portal, you know, kind of like yeah. I keep telling Dana, it's like he was our first free agent, right? Like he was in the, the Person we were able to to acquire in the transfer portal in college. Right. Right? What's LSU? What's LSU's bowl game? Um, I believe I I know we are playing Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to take true fan badge, you know, there for at right. least knowing who our opponent is. I know uh, Jaden's not going to be playing, right? But yeah, Wisconsin. Uh, I, it's January the. First it's or probably the, the first. I was going to say it's probably it's, a yes, January one, one yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, it's somewhere in Orlando, but please do not fault me for not knowing the name of the bowl because these days, folks. I'm lucky the, to be the, up the, Yeah, Yeah, the bowl games are meaningless, <laughs> and they're just so, like, some of them are so bad. What was it? The RoofRepair.com something bowl was on this morning, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is, woo. I say bring back the minor key conquest bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that game on the internet you could play. I'll post it in the discord where you can go there and you can guess the, the two or three options to like true or false. This is a real bowl game, you know, and right. they'll like throw in some that are like real and you know, a lot that are not, and you can try and guess which one is real and you'd be surprised. Yeah. How many bowl games are out there that you're like, what? Well, I just want to say to you, sir, happy holidays. Hey, yeah. 
yeah, same to you. What? Yeah. How, how is the vibe in uh, in Am? You know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. We're getting ready. You know, getting ready to uh, go see the folks and uh, eat some food and uh, kick it for a couple days. Just nice to be off. Well, yeah, of course. Can I can I ask a territorial question? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Birmingham is a really cool city. We we like we spent a weekend down there. We we enjoyed we really did enjoyed our time. Yeah. We were in a very specific area or two of Birmingham, so you know, yeah. it's respective to that. You were in South Sydney. But yeah. when you yeah, are you so are you driving every day in in uh to work and stuff? Yes, I have to drive to a different part of the city. Yes. Okay. So what's the climate like in the driving atmosphere in Birmingham this time of year? Can you feel the I was telling Dana the other day, like I can feel aggression tension like sure still, like anxiousness like yeah. and i just feel like i'm gonna right now i am driving like a senior citizen jeff like i'm oh, i mean blinkers like well under the spit like this oh yeah not, this this is purposeful driving is it that way down there in birmingham absolutely well? okay no no no, absolutely i bet yeah. it's that way everywhere like and i bet it only gets to higher in terms of levels of aggression because the population increases and yeah 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 throw in Ooh. some mountain passes and uh you know you got yourself a fun mix <laughs> just which is what we end up having hmm. <laughs> well we are lonely phds hey folks show, hey everybody <laughs> and believe it or not on this show we uh we talk about movies this yeah. week we got a couple of uh couple of epics uh leave the world behind 2023 is that fair? come on really is that fair are they epics well one is well we're going to sure. we're going to debate for sure about what, yeah. what exactly is the thematic <laughs> for this week oh yeah um, nice leave the, <laughs> leave the world behind 2023 directed by sam esmail mr robot himself and a small film killers of the flower moon by let me check my notes here <laughs> martin scorsese yeah. 2023 or as or as one of my students pronounced this last semester score easy or was it is it in is it in uh Cameron Crowe's uh singles? He's like the next Martin Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get this uh let's get this ball rolling, man. How do you you want let's start with Leave the World Behind. I, well, I think... unfortunately, I'll I mean I'll take credit for like, you know, trying to connect these two. I don't I don't I think it became less about trying to connect them and then just kind of trying to understand them like both in their own mm-hmm. context, right? Because they're both books. Um, one is, you know, historical nonfiction, David Graham. Yeah, one is pure uh, fiction. Uh, and one is pure fiction. Uh, Ruman Alam. Yeah. Uh, the Obamas, full disturb. Uh, you know, people, I don't know why, but it's like the Obamas are not in the White House anymore. I mean, they're private citizens. They can do whatever. They're private they citizens, so they can be entrepreneurs. And be, I mean, it's yeah, fine. They, like, they what, is, what is the, the big, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, they'll use some profits to support the Democratic Party, but I mean, I, that's their choice as private citizens, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they are producers on this film, as is Julia Roberts, and like there are seventeen producers on this project. So that's I was not like, a, "That's usually not a cow. good sign." Yeah, what? By the way. It's I well, it's quite an interesting film. Um, you know, I would say that it's a thriller without any thrills. Uh, it's pretty mundane. It wanders. It's more of a kind of a psychological melodrama that it is thriller i think it kind of gets marketed as this kind of post-apocalyptic you know thing and that's not really what this movie is no, doing it's um it's yeah and so it's somber it's a very very slow burn for for many of the world it's gonna very slow burn um yes. and it's not the most i would say it's not the most emotionally engaging story you don't immediately the only narrative drive for me was like well what's well what's happened right like what's going on well, that's the big question like and this is the, you right. know they go on this vacation to leave the world behind uh out in the suburbs of new york julia roberts and uh uh ethan, ethan hawk yeah my love yes uh, their family and uh julia roberts is a very antisocial person this is a very and different role for her it is, and I want to get. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like it misfires, but you know. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I feels too. Yeah. We'll get. You there. know, they rent this house, and then on the first night in the house, the supposed owners knock on the door and return, and 
basically the story unravels from there about that something bad has happened and uh, in New York City and we're left wondering exactly what's going on because they can't get television or radio. The internet goes down, cell phones go down, satellite phones go down. Hour, like they lose power. Hour. Um, um, so so there's so so that right so it's like so so i'm like well what's what's happened right like what's right. like that's the real sort of drop and then you know the other i guess sort of obvious thing that stands out is you kind of go okay well now here's like implicit biases right like julia roberts is immediately threatened by their presence right, right? because they are black right? right i mean let's just that's what it is, well, right? It, and it's that's very, the point you know, I want to make about this is that, and it's like, it, and it's like you're sitting there going, "Well, of course they own this house. Like, why is this not a believable, believable to you? thing? Like, oh, yeah. this is this is about race. Okay, see, but, this is ugly. You're ugly, you know, right? But they <laughs> don't they don't mind that deep enough? Like, uh, her, agree her racism, like in because agree or they back away from it it's like we don't want to oh, explore they, that. they back away from it in a hurry that's why <laughs> yeah. they give them the dancing reconciliation yeah the day right right you right, know right. but um i think it's a much more interesting character study if we know some motivations of why she is the way that she is sure we, we never i mean we just never know she's just know? white privilege right it's I just mean, white just... And, and i'll be honest with you that's kind of i booked us this days, it's resort just because right like we need a getaway right. you know? yeah yeah it's up for a vacay with the, you know, I mean. you know, the, uh, yeah you know it, it just it, the motivations of the film and maybe this is the fault of the novel i did not read the novel and i, I uh, nor I did I, to, I right um you know there just seems to be no real no real motivations going on i mean other than just we, we're able to afford to do this let's go do it let's go do it's it such a luxury Right. And and, um, you know, and the house is gorgeous, you know, yes. um, so it does kind of, I guess, in some ways, play with socioeconomic sort of perceptions. Right. Because mm -hmm. it just flips um, upon their arrival. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I most I guess for me, Jeff, one of the things that kind of slowed me down in this movie was if you're going to sort of take this uh, plot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, of 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 there being some sort of apocalypse right it can always be scaled but like right. usually if there's a an apocalyptic kind of movie there is a frantic pace right there's some sort of terrifying speed or suspense or there's a meteor coming or we've got you know 18 mm -hmm. hours the earth we need flash you know there's some sort of like impending doom right instead here we have a herd of deer it, it's just right it's just like <laughs> okay that's I know that's watching. not a good sign, but the right. really uh right yeah you know um so it, it's got a sort of, it's I guess I guess what I would call those is just sort of these atmospheric shifts where it tries to be mm. thing um you know creepy or psychological hallucinatory right yeah. I mean but then it's then it's then it's juxtaposed though against these like very nice cgi like sort of you know the boat coming really? into you the thought beach those were nice CGI well for, for the cost yeah i mean it was fine okay. right i mean yeah. that's how they're doing it dude it's just in one of those arc you know th i mean it's, it's just uh, that's what it is and and um and 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 the plane you know looked fine you know i mean i but i think that was i think that in some ways that was just not one of their primary focuses you know one of michael bay movies so they were gonna right. just they were gonna have this little moment right and we'll right. make it look as nice as we can yeah 17 producers though jesus i mean that was well, a that's lot. what i'm saying it's just a lot like, of you know, orchestration you gotta, yeah you gotta you gotta kick a little bit over if you're gonna do vfx especially on the scale that they were doing them and i'll be honest it was they had to pull off a very large scale trick yes with, flamingos deer airplanes boats the teslas the teslas for sure <laughs> we'll talk more about the teslas in a moment um yeah I, I just i just felt like this was like a really bad Shyamalan knockoff Ooh, you think that's wow. fair <laughs> well i felt i felt uh that was a nice uh take uh, uh sure i mean i that's uh certainly the the tone um that it's evoking um and it and it sort of like tries to tease you that it's going to build to some sort of like huge reveal or huge swap 
you know, um, I saw where uh, there was some discussion about how it tried to be Hitchcockian, you know, and I think that's even giving it way too much credit. Way too much credit. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, (laughs) I'm like, uh, you got to break that down. I mean, well, it was, you know, okay, what had me was they were doing a sort of analysis of like the Tesla scene juxtaposed with Hitchcock's scene in North by Northwest. And then they look, you know, where Gary, uh, he's like, Cary uh, Grant's like running up from the airplane, you know, the dust croppers like coming in behind him. And it's that iconic like shot. Sure. I just want uh, you to see my face. And they right were now. comparing it to the, what? I just want oh, you to see sorry. my face. Right now. <laughs> and they were comparing it to the shot uh, uh, with Ali on the beach where he's running from, you know, uh, from the jetliner. And I'm because like, as, my, as Michael Bay has taught us, yeah, well, yeah. run a jetliner that crashes into the beach and doesn't destroy the house. Well, that's where that analysis lost me. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, well, I get that, you know, you can connect sort of some visual pieces, but like, that's just, that's, you can, you can link that stuff kind of where those are like, some people will call like Easter eggs or nods. If you're going to give like a lot of credit, you know, to, to the, uh, to the filmmakers who are on set, let's do this yeah. exactly like North by Northwest, where the you know, yeah, I mean, Sam Sam Ismail doesn't strike me that way. Sometimes uh, people are conscious of that on film sets, and I know that it, you know, I know that that does happen. Usually comes as direct orders, like you know, it's like, hey, we're going to shoot this this way, you know. Well, they um, had to have storyboarded it. Oh of yeah, well, CG, well, you know, if you got the money, sure, you yeah. have the storyboards. Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk. Or if about you have a Heath, you know, if you got somebody like Heath, you know, who can like do your storyboards, you know, I don't know shout what he charges. To, I don't know. Yeah, I don't friends. know what he charges. Yeah. Sponsor us, Heath. Yeah. Um, sponsor uh, us. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the Tesla scene where there, there's a set piece in the film about self-driving Teslas, which was very shaking this week because the news report had come out that <laughs> turns out. That self-driving mechanism ain't as great as it's uh, as it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I was shocked when I read the story because we had watched it so close next to the movie, and and I will say that, ooh, that's I I've never been a fan of the idea of a self-driving car. Anyway, oh just, really? Oh, oh no, 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 no. That's that that's when you take that away. You don't ever want to take a Johnny Cab. No, I don't want to take a <laughs> Welcome to Johnny Cab. Welcome yeah, that's to a, Johnny a, Cab. That's a throwback 1990, folks. Total Recall. Arnold Schwarzenegger looked that shit up. <laughs> Have a nice the, day. The great ass movie, man. <laughs> so much no, fun. What, so, so yeah. you know, um, as as the movie is trying to pick at somehow how we live culturally, you know, with. It, technology technology and what will what will we do if technology goes rogue on us yeah it's a pretty big deal if you can't see the last episode of friends dude i mean if you had invested that much time all right oh man who gives a shit that that's that's like no look you can't friends was a beautiful choice because you can't take a more universally pop culturally acknowledged artifact True. than friends right okay love it okay. love it or hate it personally friends is a pop cultural icon and it was just it was invented it was created it was made it was blood sweat tears whatever mm-hmm. it is it is you know that's a franchise right right but them harping on it about you know how it's fabricated and you know oh yeah she tears it down really well yeah Yeah, she tears it down really well but at the same time i'm just like i'm just like (sighs) but that's part of what this film was it's part of what the film was trying to do right is to take down technology pop culture concepts of race uh, concepts of class like all that stuff going away right yeah i'm glad you say try it's gonna be about who has the guns who has the guns nobody in the end this film just in my opinion falls flat like it doesn't oh achieve, well, sure you yeah, know what it it's, doesn't what quite it's going for okay it doesn't quite hit a home run okay no no this, and even when we say, get to kevin bacon in the bit about the guns you know delicious. It, i well you know anytime we get a little bacon it's uh it's good stuff 
Now we can, we just add it to the game, right? I mean, we just add it to the degrees game. You know, can you, can you just see in him? I was like, I wonder if this is what his character in Footloose would have ended up like. Turned out. (laughs) You know, this is what Ren McCormick became like 30 years later, you know, like, uh, 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 a doom farmer doomsayer, Al- doomsday dooms- prepper right, doomsday right. prepper who's become a handyman slash farmer slash all-around guy i i don't you know well he's i he's delicious in his in the moments that he has i i i liked the character i bought it i i thought it was menacing i thought it was believable i i did i was like i i i can see that um mm-hmm. And uh, and I it... thought at the same time there was a rationality to it, like China, Koreans, they're all know. mad at it. Maybe they're they all, banded it, together. Maybe they all banded together. I and mean, why like does red, he have like a red dawn? Accent? You know, I mean, I why think the they... fuck does he have a southern accent? Well, what I mean, it bothers come on, me. Come it come. On. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like these token stereotypes, just get a little, get a little much. You know, <laughs> like. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak for being a Southern. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Southerner. And I'm just going to say right now, just stop it. Just stop it. Because you know what? They're all, you, you the stop it, Jeff. You stop it. You Joey. stop it. You stop it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you know, just like, let them be from somewhere else. You know, it's not, it's not all <laughs> last time I checked the old congressional map. Well, we ain't the only look, red States. <laughs> look, uh, you don't, you don't have to necessarily sort of like sell me on the stereotypical complaints about, about you know about the way that that character is conventionalized right right and it's sort of like represented sure right i get it there and there's a there's a nasty history there in terms of like how far that can go in terms of that kinds of of stereotypical representation right so uh in fairness let me just speak to not those compart- compartments of his uh, uh, of his treasure chest. <laughs> I liked his character, right? Because here's where I saw where that character probably could have been, you know, um, Hispanic or some other, right, right? But it was the idea of, well, I'm going to do what, this is like a walk, you're talking to a Walking Dead fan, dude. So like yeah. I sat through 11 seasons of people of all Ooh. kinds going, uh, no, I have the guns. Uh, this is my territory. I'm going to protect my territory. You get, we're going to have more. If, yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know? And then, you know, to have that sequence, which I thought was was performed very well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and shot very, it was like a Western standoff. It was great. No, no, it's it's one in one. Like, you know, close shot. Yeah. You know. Well, those things are risky, though, dude, because you're really, like, you're so, you've got to have good actors, man. You gotta have good actors if you're gonna go that. Oh, and all three and, of and, these gentlemen and, and, are absolutely and, and, right. They all yeah, deliver. Yeah, they yeah. they all deliver. So, um, so then, but to have that scene then followed by the sort of like revelation of look, this is the war strategy. This is what we've discovered that if we phase one do this, phase two do this, then by phase three, the locals will do it to themselves. They'll take mm-hmm. care of the rest, right? And and I think that was probably where the movie like that's the, if if the movie has a knife that's where it is yeah right no no, no um, I I you know and I certainly I like, felt stabbed well I, no <laughs> I, I like this I like the scene I just don't like the characterization that that was my that was that was my problem I get mm. why it. <laughs> He sets it up that way. I mean, it works on paper, but just for me personally, it doesn't work because again, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being a little bitchy. I I'll be honest, (laughs) you know, well, well, it's fair. I would, but if that's, if that's the, uh, the M night moment, yeah, you know I mean? I think that's probably where it's supposed to come right in that. Oh my God. Right. We would do it to ourselves. And it's not, you know, it's we've certainly seen that thematic. Play well, we've seen it happen. way better in a Twilight Zone episode, in, for Christ's sake. Right. You know? I uh, mean, so so it's not like it. Right. And so it might not feel like a huge reveal, but to, uh, you know, 
people who aren't quite so familiar with the, you know, with the story lineage, it might hit, you know, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to that, but, um, but I certainly, you know, accept that it's a possibility that that could, that could have been like a huge cool moment for like, you mm -hmm. know, some teenager watching this movie on Netflix and there, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Do you without, and I don't want to spoil it. Do you feel the reveal of the cause was satisfactory to you? Um, no, but I, I, I was okay because it was really felt tertiary to me from the beginning, you know? Right. We weren't going to really get those details, you know, otherwise we would have known there was a meteor coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like this movie wasn't going to play those games. It, it was By the very, way, there, we're not saying there is a meteor. That's yeah. not what, that's, that's not what he <laughs> yeah. was saying. He was using that Correct. as the, as the, <laughs> there's lots of movies that take this kind of plot. Right and 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 plot is different from story and and so it's like you know how, how we get there is is really becomes what's most interesting about any kind of genre film so you're right. i don't know that's how i you know that's how i was trained to do it dr hayes well dr watson as was <laughs> i no I, I will i will say this about about this film uh before we segue um you know i admire what it's trying to do I think that it's 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 going for big swings talking about, as we've mentioned in this conversation, uh, class, race, socioeconomic stuff, mm -hmm. technology, dependence, uh, independence in uh, things of this nature. But unfortunately, it just it just in my opinion, it just kind of falls flat. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't say don't see the movie. Um or I guess read. I, I'm very interested in the book. I am. I'm. I've put it on my list to read because nice. I'm. I'm just kind of curious to know, you know, what changes may have been made because I. I just feel like there had to have been changes. Like it didn't. It. It. It just. It, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I will say this. Uh, the one thing that I did appreciate about the ending um, was the justice for physical media, but also at the same time. At the same time, I'm reinforcing it as that is that uh, physical media itself as a privilege, right? I That's thought it right. was an interesting sort of. I thought it was an interesting sort of double play, right? That it was like. Mm -hmm so cool that they had it and she was finally going to get to you know that was at least that's the only resolution you get right is that, that happiness is of she gets to finish she gets to finish her show you know mm -hmm. um and uh and and yet physical media is a thing yeah so, you know through they made sure too, yeah. to really hammer that netflix button on the remote didn't they yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's a I don't prime focus there, right? I, I don't know how yeah. thrilled Netflix was by it, as they are the ones that uh, paid for this movie. So, they did. You, you know, I don't know. They Reed did. Hastings probably has has gripe. I'm sure that we will discover soon how many hours watched. You know, it there have been for Leave the World Behind, as that's how Netflix measures their success. But yes, definitely a movie about privilege, entitlement, um, how to turn a group against itself. Um, and, uh, you know, I think some of the themes of privilege, entitlement, mm -hmm. turning a group against itself, <laughs> uh, racial prejudice, <laughs> socioeconomic class, right? Yes. Like all of those things do transition us into, although in a massively different plot and concept, Yes. Uh, uh, you know, here we are in a in a historical thing with uh, yeah into a killers, of the, killers of the flower moon. moon. Yeah, two thousand twenty three. Martin Scorsese. Um, I had the privilege of going to the theaters to watch this, uh, and I rewatched it here at home this week for the show. And I have to say, just right off the bat, it's a very different viewing experience as as one would probably expect. But it didn't diminish the quality of the film. I just want to make sure I'm going to get that out of the way, uh, you know, first and foremost. So Killers of the Flower Moon, this is based on a best-selling nonfiction account of basically the, uh, will we say the, 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 the wiping out of the Osage or the attempt of wiping out the Osage nation yeah. in the early yeah. 20th century uh, in the, uh, the rise of the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, which also comes into play, you know, late in this film, Leonardo DiCaprio, 
uh, is our lead. He's coming back from World War One to work for his uncle Robert De Niro, uh, and, uh, 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 and 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 things unfold from there. So uh, you, you know, um, I I jumping into this film, I found myself on a second viewing, just just feeling gross. Just it just makes you feel gross, man. Like, like it's just like the worst impulses yeah. of of white males. Uh just just nasty. Just a yeah. nasty little film. Yeah. I, I you know, I have things like relentless, um, heartbreaking. Oh. Um uh, you know, I sort of like lost some adjectives right but because you know you sort of get the point right it's like at some point it's like oh i'm just searching for the perfect adjective um but it's you know the performances i you know I, if we can i'd love to start sure. there because we'll start there. because yeah. yes you are getting exactly what you just described right like it's it's relentless in its portrayal of white male power all of those things it's ugly it's awful. Uh, said the performances are incredibly good. Um, I still don't know how he did that with his mouth. You know, this uh, Leo or De Niro? yeah, DiCaprio has like this permanent. Yeah, it's a yeah, like that, like the whole when he talks out of the mouth yeah. like that. Like I don't know how he did it. Maybe they put a prosthetic in his mouth or something. Maybe. I, I, I it's just crazy. I don't know. Their scenes are great. Um, oh, De Niro and DiCaprio, just yeah. I, I think uh, I think they're right at just a great point in their respective careers, and it was just really nice to see those scenes played out because it it just I think it really for me anyway it amplified the yuckiness. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was sort of a, a hope, um, at least from Scorsese. I mean, he is no stranger to portraying. <laughs> white male groups of power who are interested in maintaining power and also increasing said power um by any means necessary uh it's not a strange plot device for him so no. you know i mean I, I i felt i think the coolest thing that i could say and it, i think it's a compliment is that if if i must have a white male taking me through my initial journey through a fictional account of this story Right. I'm okay with Marty. I think he did a great job. I, I think it's yeah. really an impossibly difficult job to tell this story. And I know he was extremely invested mm -hmm. in, Osage, in Osage culture and the research that went into this film. Oh, I, if you watch the credits, and, absolutely. And, credits and, and the cooperation that yeah, he had, the cooperation with he had yeah. the, you know, all of the right, uh, you know, people uh involved uh, in the in the project it seemed to me that he did it the right way you know it's not an easy story to tell i don't care well it's genocide i mean we're talking we're yes, talking about genocide yes you know System and, and, and systematic murder, and profitable murder for money you know just at the end of the day that's like the best encapsulation i mean i mean there's that one scene where where the guy it's near the end where the guy is asking about if he marries Oh man, and he adopts this woman, the kids. and oh, then adopts geez. the kids, and then she dies. Do I have land rights? You if know, the kids die, and, right, and right. the lawyer looks at him and goes, "Do you realize that you just asked me if you will make money if you murder children?" No, I didn't. I ain't planned on doing it yet. Right? <laughs> right. It's just, it's, it's. Yeah. By that moment, you're just you know there's the bombings there's the i mean there's just there's so many like it's it's like this descent into the dirtiest muckiest like most... well it's we even we have even have a visualization of hell at one point right like the the burning of the field right i mean the the descent right. at its at its peak right even the fbi agents are just like you know didn't you just get, didn't he just get a claim about, you know, fire protection on his, I mean, Robert De Niro's character does not give a shit about anything but fucking money. Like, and he is the King grifter. I mean, he's got insurance policies on people. He's got insurance policies on his own. It's just, it's just in that this was a real person is even yep. more 
to I, I mean, you have to wrap your brain around that. And I didn't until later where I was just like, I had to remind myself, I was like, I did not just watch a piece of fiction. I watched a dramatization of a real. Well, that's why, that's why I said a fictionalized version. Right. Of this story. And we can come back to that, but yeah, keep going. But uh, that's why I I said that because yes, you're right. It's, it's, I, I can't, when this movie's over, I can't go, wow, that was a really awful imagination about what could have happened. And, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> you just, yeah, sit, yeah. you got to sit with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, as, as I always like to say, and, 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 you know, criticisms about the runtime of this have been up, but again, that's just the bitchy nature of the internet. I think well, in general, where, where I, I say, Jeff, I get, it moves slow. It, like it's a, it is a, I, now I'm not saying that, that, yeah. that doesn't work to its favor and what it's trying to sort of, like you were saying, the longer it sits and the longer it sings, the longer, yeah. you know, the, the more effective with an A that it becomes, you know, in terms of like that sense of like dread and regret and guilt and all of right. Well, I mean, by the end out. of it, you're wanting to claw pacing your way out of the walls. Yeah, right. the pacing, the pacing is intentional, right? So the yeah. people who complain about it, like, I get it. I felt, I, I agree with you. It's three hours and 26 minutes. It's like, Wow, that is a commitment. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch three episodes back to back. Right, that's what I'm gonna do. Right, and really, that's kind of how it's paced. To be honest with you, because mm-hmm. there are moments where it picks up, and there are you know definite ends of Act Ones and Twos, and it it works fine, right? Right. But yes, folks, it's a long movie. So is Oppenheimer. So is you know, there's some of these movies are long. I don't. I'm kind of wary of Napoleon, but yeah, some of these movies are long. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's pacing, right? But it's yeah. deliberate. So. Let's let's move past that and let's get to the more respectful stuff that I think you're trying to get at in terms yeah. of how no, it's no. how it's treating the material, right? And how it's treating right. The and it, it it's it's showing us Scorsese here, you know, showing us the absolute cold bloodedness of murder for money. As far as think about the way violence is depicted in his gangster films, it's brutal you know in the gangster films it's brutal but yet very visceral and a tinge exciting i I think it's fair to say you know a little leveled up as it were here it is cold it is calculated it is fast and it is shown that way and i could not shake that like i i i was even talking to jill about i said i said you know the one thing about this movie i can't is just what an interesting way he's come around to depicting violence in his films and here it this it's it's just got just the calculation of it and it's so much more disturbing than joe pesci knifing a guy in a trunk in goodfellas i i just it made me sick i i I just by the end of it you know by the lot by the time we get to the one of the last murders before the trials really start up you know when we have the the very good fellow, actually, the very good fellows ish uh, sequence of events where Robert De Niro is going to make sure that people, you know, are are taken out that have any connection to him, a la Jimmy Conway. You know, uh, it it it's it's just your stomach, like you said, just kind of if it doesn't turn over, I just don't know, man. I, well, OK. Oh, OK. So the first 20 minutes mm-hmm. of that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK. Uh, you know, the setup is there, right? Like it's that opening scene between the two of them. He comes into town. He's, you know, so I, the, I, I think, or at least feel like this is a Western. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We could say it's a, uh, uh, revision historical Western. It's a, you know, um, I, I don't know, but, it, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it, well, it has a very sort of Western structure to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's this need for law and order. I think it kind of is a little pro FBI, in my opinion. I've done some digging and the FBI, it, it was a little bit more complicated to get them involved than the way the movie portrays it. But I mean, I think ultimately, you know, it, it it's all on the up and up. Um, but uh, I, I, it definitely feels like 
the darkest of westerns right i mean mm -hmm. it's it's conquering territory it's it's baronship it's lynch it's just it's vigilante so all that that stuff that you saw you know that we saw in westerns uh for for forever right um well, we also and... also here at the heart of it, we have a love a love story, um, you know, for for I, I do, do you. I don't think. And again, because all the all the all the male white characters in here are so fucking thick and so Cro-Magnon like it's hard. And it's also like the, the Osage men know it too they're just like they're lazy as shit they don't even yeah. do nothing they don't have jobs right. right you know they just drink and corrals and play pool all day and you know don't do anything and you know even leonardo dicaprio characters like i love money i almost <laughs> love money much as i love my wife yeah. i'm lazy he was yeah. he tells her he's like yeah. he tells her to her face when they're yeah. dating yeah. i'm lazy i love liquor like I'll, you know, I'd rather sleep all day and get started at the party at night, which, which they find a mutual attraction for each other Yeah. in that initially, you know, even though she's calling him a coyote and can we talk about Lily Glad her, 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 her performance is so amazing and, and reserved and dignified and, but, but also vulnerable, so vulnerable. Yeah. She has a wonderful face, um, yeah. and uh, it's very expressive. And um, you know, I I'm sure it was a, a, a really cool thing to get uh, to get her to play um, to play that role because she gave so much nuance to the uh, to the performance. You know, and it's it was in quiet moments, or it was in those sort of like reaction shots, or you know, um, even when when uh, Marty letting the camera still for a moment or two you know mm -hmm. uh catching uh catching the medium shot where she you know would just give a nice read on a line or it was just it was she just uh has strong presence um in the story and and you know quite honestly it was painful because that end of the story you know you were talking about the violence you know and and i thought that was really really nicely said what you were talking about and and how he he handled it I had the same reaction, but but not to the violence that you're talking about, but to the poisoning. Oh God! Right? Uh, and to the diabetes and the insulin yeah. and the and the it just we need the her to food, calm the down. the food and, and the yeah yeah I mean it was just it was just uh, you know in the way they would test on animals to see how much you know it would take to you know it's just uh, it. Uh, that kind of brutality and that kind of like, you know, just moral compass that doesn't exist. Like, it's just, it's, that's, you know, because you're, you're, you know, you're pointing and it's like, you're just taking, you're watching it happen over time. And it's just, I, I don't know. It was, that part of the story was just really gut wrenching, you know? So you were saying, it's funny because you're saying a love story and I was just like, Oh my God. Well, I, I guess. I mean. Well, I mean, he he just... is as as, and I give credit. I don't know how in real life this all played out, but his character, I really like. I'm on his side in this marriage because I do believe he loves her. Right up until the poisoning, of course, the poisoning point, and then the poisoning point on. It's just like, oh no, he is a complete piece of shit. Like there, if I had or you know, if I had doubts before, I have no doubts now. Like that, you know, he's, he's, you know, yeah. So it's just, you know, I, so I think I, I, you know, I was very involved. I mean, I, it did not, you know, I, those moments, as you're saying, it's just, it's just that descent, right. Into, you know, you're, you're just going to watch all of this unfold and it's not going to get any prettier. No. It's going to get uglier. And you, you know, you just have to sort of buckle up. And I, I kept asking myself, how well is he doing at telling this story? And then after I finished, I was like, why was I questioning that? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, first of all, I think it was good that I was questioning it. Right. But like, but then I was like, but he's handled some really interesting material before I thought of the age of innocence and, yes. you know, 
his handling of the Victorian sort of era. I just I just thought he's he's always been very sensitive in historical sort of like representation. Well, I mean, even you know? even in in uh, 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 when he handles, you know, feudal Japan, you know, right. sort of, you know, different what I would call quieter. Right. You know, moments, quieter right. camera, not not as not as what we would concern with him, like when you watch something like After Hours, which is so kinetic and moving and you know again i'm a schoenmacher Mwah. just again beautiful beautiful yeah and the, she's she's probably film. gonna get another nomination i would think for this because so. it's it, it was really really well done and the cinematography i mean obviously you know he's gonna work with some really talented people and you know and and scorsese's just a really good storyteller i mean he you know he really is he's a good director and he certainly knows he's a cinema history phd in my book yeah i mean i don't know i'm sure somebody needs to give him an honorary phd if they haven't i mean he surely someone had now, i would I, I would i would think somebody has by this yeah. point you know but i mean uh, uh because he certainly is extremely knowledgeable about film history mm -hmm. um and and to that end let me just let me just put this in here because i i feel like it's warranted you know there mm -hmm. There was a filmmaker, a Native American filmmaker in 1926 named James Young Deer. And I put mm -hmm. some of this into the Discord, but he shot a documentary, a silent film documentary oh, wow. called Tragedies of the Osage Hills. Um, it was told from the, quote, indigenous perspective and featured, <laughs> quote, hundreds of real Indians in the movie. Um, and apparently this was the first sort of film version of this story and it was documentary based but like mm -hmm. tragically like most or a lot of silent film that film is forever lost like it's yeah. it's gone so um we know of its existence but um we can't there's no there's no record of it anywhere um yeah. and and to be fair James Youngier uh himself was if you do a little digging on him, there is there is a little bit of contested history in terms of his biography, but um, mm -hmm. but I do think he was just confirmed as indigenous himself. But um, there was a little bit. some of that could have just been you know <laughs> you're not an authority on that. You know you're mm -hmm. <laughs> you're gonna have to prove that. Where's your birth certificate? You know it could have been that kind of stuff. You know going on. It was 1926, so. So who knows? But yeah, so there's been a, you know, there's been a, this story has been uh, allegedly told before uh, from uh, from indigenous perspective, but yeah. there's no uh, there's no existing copy of that film anywhere. So right, right, and and again, this is all prior to David Grant's account, Correct. which know, is a is which is a nonfiction. Yeah, I think the New York Times was was behind that book, um, or was uh, I'm part not of that sure. Book? Might might have been, might have been. Um, I just know it, it, unfortunately I kept, it sat on my shelf forever and I just never got around to, maybe it was a New York times it. bestseller. Maybe that's what yeah, I, maybe perhaps, I, maybe or maybe I, David Grand worked, you know, at the New York times at, at one time. Potentially. Yeah. But you know, it's, but, and I haven't read the book, I'm sure, um, you know, it, 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 you know, probably has great merit. Um, but the movie was, I, I felt very effective and, um, and, and definitely played out some of the same thematics, Albeit in a drastically different, you know, historical context with Killers of the Flower Moon, but some of those same thematics definitely playing out um, and leave the world behind. Yeah, right. Right. You know, but but I want to I want to go back to your point about the Western real quick because it it sure. is interesting that when the FBI arrive, it's a Texas Ranger, a former Texas Ranger that is leading the investigation. The wonderful, always love seeing Jesse Plemons. I just, anytime he pops up, I'm just like, oh, well, it's, it's Friday night lights for me, you know, is where I, I in instantly yeah. go. And, um, you know, and it's cause I've always felt he's just really talented and, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, he can do comedy and, and drama. And he, he plays a certain character very well as well. And so, um, yeah, it was a pleasure to see him, I, the, you know, the supporting cast is really strong in the movie as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's fun uh, and he comes in at the right time. And, um, you know, it, it feels very much like a like a Western at that point, you know, like there's a lawman here and, you know, mm -hmm. lawman has more power than, you know, but it is it, it made me laugh at one point. It was like, 
who sent you again? You know, he's like, well, J. Edgar Hoover. Well, I never Don't heard know. of him or whatever. You know, the, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> early days, early days. Yeah, or early or days. we get we get later in the jail cell, you know, we get the parallels of our own modern problems these days with how people feel about intrusion of the government into individual liberties, right? Libertarianism yeah. definitely yeah. comes up here. And this has also been coming up lately in the latest season of Fargo. Um, I want to point out that John Hamm's character, who is playing a sheriff, an elected sheriff in uh, one of the Dakotas, is very much libertarian <laughs> and believes in just like autonomy, government outside, you know, just like we should be able to uh, own all the guns we want. We should be able to have all the land we want. We should be able to do what we want to do. And of course, he's a huge racist and, uh, you know, very much. Yes. Yes. And that's what basically, you know, De Niro's real life counterpart is, you know, in, in, in this film. I mean, is that a stretch, a stretch for me to say is like, huh? you know, masquerading as understanding the Osage in being on the Osage's side, but yet basically has a gun to the back of all of their heads constantly because he wants to profit from their misery and their death and does not care and, and gets annoyed when uh, DiCaprio and, and his wife announced their second child, you know, the, the dis cause he's, he's just looking at him like, Oh God, that means I got to kill another one. That's another one in my way of getting this money. What's wrong with what is it? A preversion? He even tells him that he's just like, you had you had relations with her when she was sick. Are you? Is that maybe it's one of your preversions? <laughs> Descent into the ick. Oh, I like that. That's what it is. TM. What it is. I also <laughs> have to add. I also have to add. Uh, you know the knock about J. Edgar Hoover. If you're in those listeners um i really liked this movie it's called j edgar uh and it yeah, featured Clint leo yeah. uh as as yeah as uh, as, as, uh, as yeah. j edgar hoover and um i i really enjoyed that biopic so check that out if you're interested in uh you know digging into a little bit of j edgar and of course you know you gotta watch jfk and nixon and you know you gotta see the threads it's all there it's all there, it's all there. Uh, the truth is, is all- the truth is out there. Easy, easy, Boulder. If you want to get in touch with us, you can a number of ways. You can email us, lonelyphds at gmail.com. A quicker way is, of course, clicking on the uh, Discord link in our show notes where we talk about things and post things and have uh, try to try to keep the information stream going as, as much as possible. Uh, if you would please also, uh, subscribe, uh, download rate, review the show on, uh, Apple Podbean, Google, wherever you get your podcast needs, you can pretty much find us on every platform. And, uh, with that happy holidays. And until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. I'm Dr. Joseph Watson. We'll see you then.